Warning, the cases that I talk about here are under the assumption that the individuals that are accused allegedly committed these crimes unless they have been convicted in court for the, tri for the crimes that they have been charged with. This is by no means me making any kind of accusations whatsoever. I am simply commenting on news articles and stories that have been shared with me through individuals who may or may not have experienced these said stories. This is not fact. This is purely my opinion. Unless they have been through court and they have been convicted. Please understand that moving forward. Thank you. Trigger warning. The podcast you're about to listen to may contain sexual and violent acts committed against men, women, and children. If such acts offend you in any way, please do not listen any further. This podcast was made for an audience of 18 years and older and contains mature and explicit content. Also, this podcast may also contain a high level of profanity and explicit language. If such things offend you in any way, shape, or form, please do not listen to the podcast any further. This is your last trigger warning. If anything that I mentioned above offends you, please do not listen. Thank you. Hey everybody, this is Jeremy with the Man Apart Podcast, episode 31, titled, Oh Father, Where Art Thou? So, when I was on TikTok about a month or so ago, I came across Maria's TikTok, and it's the only one on her channel that she has. And it's in regards to what happened between 2008 and 2012 at Franciscan University with Father Moyer and his victim, who we named during the, during the interview, Jane Doe. Neither myself nor does Maria know who Jane Doe really is. But Maria placed it upon her heart that she wanted to share Jane Doe's story with as many people as possible. And so it came across my eyes, and the details are horrific. They're heinous. When me and Maria talked on the phone about the story and everything, I just, I felt dirty. I felt this cringe that I just couldn't explain. And so I wanted to share Jane Doe's story, and not because I wanted to, I, I don't know what the correct way to say it, I just wanted to share her story in a way that it needs to be told. And people need to understand that these predators, these, these pedophiles, these, these monsters, they're in all aspects of our life. And while lately I know I've been going on a Christianity bias on my podcast, I don't hate Christianity. I don't hate God. I don't hate Jesus. My thing is, though, is that there are hundreds, if not thousands upon thousands of stories of children being hurt in the church. And it's got to stop. And people need to wake up and understand that the throwaway answer that I hear a lot of people say, well, that's not all Christianity. That, that, that's not, that wasn't a real Christian. Well, no. Father Moyer presented himself to be a real Christian, to be a man of God, to be one of God's priests. So, no. Th this is somebody who claimed to be a Christian and hid in the shadows of what he did 
and everybody believed that he was this good holy man. In fact, he was a friar that worked with and helped troubled women, women that had troubled past. And that's why Jane Doe went to Father Moyer because of her previous trauma that she had growing up with her with her abuse from her father and other people in her life. So Jane Doe was already a very vulnerable person. And Father Moyer was basically the napalm put on her fire of, of trauma and abuse. And it's bad. You know, me and Maria tried to break up a little bit of, of pieces of the story with our own opinions and just interjected things here and there because it, it it's heavy. It's gruesome. Uh, I, by far, one of the worst religious cases I've ever heard. I'm not going to say it's the number one because I've had I've had heard worse than this, but it's bad. It's it's horrible. I don't want to invalidate Jane Doe's story at all. It's horrible. It's gruesome. And if I know I put a lot of uh, warnings and trigger warnings and everything like that, but before you listen any further, I will tell you flat out, if you get easily offended by anything when it comes to religion, when it comes to rape, when it comes to abortion, when it comes to uh, child sex abuse or sexual assault or, or anything of that sort of nature, please... Do not listen to this interview any further. I'm. I, I, it's rare that I'll actually put an extra trigger warning into an intro to my episodes, but I'm doing that now because it's bad. And I want you to know ahead of time before you go and listen to this part, the interview portion of this episode, what you're getting yourselves into. Okay. With that being said, here's my interview with Maria. Hey, Maria. Maria, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can. All right, good. Uh, do I sound good on your end? Yes. All right, good. So, everybody, this is Maria, and she's going to tell her, uh, she's going to tell a uh, Jane Doe story from about Father Moyer from Franciscan University. So, Maria, I'm just going to let you have the uh, floor. Tell your story. All right. Sounds good. Uh, So I had first heard about this case about two or three years ago when I attended Franciscan University. The uh, Jane Doe released a letter uh, directed to the university and Father Moria about what had happened to her. Mm -hmm. And I had briefly read it, didn't think much of it. It wasn't very detailed, but it was still an awful situation, but that letter came out, people talked about it for a little bit, and then just kind of brushed over it, kind of forgot about it, and then recently, a couple months ago, I think in October, I I am in this Facebook group of people that attended Franciscan University and had issues with it, someone... Oh submitted someone posted on the Facebook group this link to this article about a court case involving Father Morier and a rape victim and so I clicked on it because I was curious and it was leaked court documents from a court case that they had settled in March and it was about like 60 pages long but I was reading through it and I just remember 
I was completely shocked by what I had read. I have never, it was this case that I heard about a couple years ago, but this was fully in-depth, everything that had happened, named all of the people involved. And I was, my jaw dropped. I was shocked by what I read. I told my roommate about it. She couldn't believe it either. And since then, we've just been trying to bring awareness to it because we don't, things like this have happened at this university in the past and we don't want it to be covered up. Right. Like the other things have been. Yeah. I, I remember coming. So I just remember one day, one night just going on my, uh, on TikToks where I, where I met you from and it's where mm-hmm. I found the, the TikTok you did. And it was just shocking what I saw. And yeah. I was just like, uh, good God, let me, you know, and, I, that's why I reached out to you and said, Hey, do you want to share the story? And then mm-hmm. when I talked to you on the phone, I just, it really messed my head up for a couple of days afterwards, actually, yeah. too, because it was just good God, the details on in it and everything that could be done. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm, I'm gonna let you continue. I'm sorry. Oh, no, you're good. Yeah, that is, I've heard a lot of cases like this is by far the worst one I've ever heard of. But we've been just been trying to, like, I figured people watch TikTok since I made the TikTok actually wrote letters to all the universities just trying to get awareness out about it but um the court document so it started really beginning it mentioned that this girl Jane Doe she went to Franciscan University from 2008 to 2012 and it went into some of her background. She didn't come from a very good family. Her father was sexually abusive towards her, passed her off to other men. So she had not the best childhood growing up. And she came to Franciscan University hoping to kind of heal from some of that, stronger in her Catholic faith. So when she came to Franciscan, it's a lot of freshmen to do what's called spiritual direction where they go yeah. to either a friar, priest, or a nun, and they meet weekly to kind of discuss where they are in their faith life and how that applies to, like, their regular life. So she did that and got assigned to this priest called Father Morier. Yeah. And in the court document itself, it said that he was known for helping troubled young women. And when I read that, <laughs> like, instant red flag because... That yeah, did not my, sound great. My, my my curiosity before we go any further. Yeah, why wouldn't, they, why wouldn't they have given her to a nun? Like you know, for her being a female uh, and everything like that as well. That's what that's what I don't understand either. Yeah, that's a good question. I from my experience at Franciscan, you individually reach out to whatever friar or nun that you want. Okay. To do direction with, it's not like you just say I want to do spiritual direction and they assign you to someone. I got so, you. Okay. I don't know this for sure, but I'm just assuming that she reached out to him and asked him to be her spiritual director. Now, did you have to do the same thing when you was there as well? Yeah, I did it my senior year. I reached out to a nun and I did it that okay. way. So I'm assuming that's how she did it. Okay. But so yeah. she uh, went to Father Morier for these sessions and they started off pretty normal. And then as she got to know him a little better 
and got more comfortable around him, that's when things started to escalate. She opened up to him about the abuse she had suffered from her parents and just, like, her traumatizing sexual history and all of that. And he kind of... He started to isolate her from everyone. He would monitor... He monitored who she would talk to. He told her, don't mention any of this to people outside of the two of us. He did suggest that she go see a therapist, but he suggested she go talk to someone at the university at the wellness center. Okay. And he told her, don't go off campus, see a therapist. You need to see someone on campus. So she was going to therapists, going to therapy with this man. And the priest and therapist would share information with each other about what was going on. And they kept it very secret. Didn't tell anyone. Right. He even took it as far as he was tracking her menstrual cycles like this. He was very, very controlling of her. Yeah. And in the article, it mentioned the university had sent this priest to, I forget exactly what it was called, but it was, it was, it was a lecture in Pittsburgh teaching about mind control techniques and how to manipulate people. And he was using those techniques on this girl and he was just, he was isolating her. And that's when things started to get bad. So when she would open up to him about this stuff, he started to put this narrative into her head that all these problems were happening to her because someone in her family was involved in demonic stuff or in a cult. Yeah. She needed to like get rid of these demons. So his solution for that was there was a group on campus of men called Love of God's Covenant. I'm not sure what kind of group this was, but they would this group of men would meet with Father Morier and Jane Doe, and occasionally the president of the university at the time, Father Mike Scanlon, would be there as well. And they would have what they called these deliverance sessions. Which was an unofficial exorcism. It wasn't, like the church will say, it was not um, by the book how they would do an exorcism. But essentially that's what this was. So they would, they did this to her multiple times. They would have men hold her down. Father would say some prayers over her. There are accounts of them like dumping holy water on her. Yeah. A couple times they would make her take her shirt off they would hold a crucifix to her chest and she like prayers and chanting put holy oil all over her and all of this was in an attempt to get rid of these demons that were plaguing her and right they were doing these deliverance sessions a couple times he escalated it to the point of taking her into pittsburgh i'm not sure how many times this happened but they did actual exorcisms on her in Pittsburgh. And Morier started twisting the narrative to instead of her family being involved in demonic possession, she herself was actually possessed. And he told her, he convinced her that she was possessed by 34 demons. And he kept manipulating her into believing that she was possessed and she needs to get rid of these demons. So that's how he kept 
doing basically it. kept her yeah basically kept her in, under under his control and manipulation yes. yeah, yeah and kept doing these deliverance sessions he continued to be more controlling towards her he cut her off from her friends um there was one she was quoted saying that she one of her really close friends at the school had um committed suicide and she brought that up in one of her spiritual direction sessions and he told her it was a gift from god that her friend had done that and i (laughs) i read that and i could not believe that that i can't even comprehend that someone would say that yeah i mean even even in a normal non-grooming you know, situation, right? A non, you know, controlling situation. I don't know any context for any priest or any preacher or any pastor, anybody that in any kind of spiritual realm at all in any faith would say that, you know, a friend committing suicide was a good thing, you know, at all. I mean, yeah. Or even just like a decent human being to even like, yeah, I can't, cannot comprehend that. No, I, I can't either. And and some of the things that I remember when we first talked on the phone, like the the thirty four demons, I, you know, it, it's it's those little details, those odd de- those details that stick out like that that just mm-hmm. it stick out to me because it's like, how the fuck did he come up with thirty four yeah. demons? I don't, you know, it's so weird. It, it, I don't know where that came from. So I, in my experiences with, because. When I was growing up in, in the church and everything, we didn't have exorcisms. I grew up in a non-denominational faith, but what we mm-hmm. had we, we what, what we had was these weekend retreats called encounters, okay. and it was based, it was from the G twelve uh, method of uh, of Christianity. And um, what they would do is is that you'd have a piece of paper at the beginning at the on the Friday night you'd have a piece of paper and you would mark off all your sins that you have mm-hmm. in your life, whether they're secret sins that you don't have never told anybody or sins that you have shared with people or that you know that are apparent in your life and you go over them. And what happens is during the course of that weekend, you have an encounter with God. You get freed from these generational curses or these mm-hmm. uh, sins in your life and everything. And I would, and each one of those was associated with a form of a demon, you know, some type of demonic hold on or satanic or demonic hold into your life. Yeah. So that's, I'm assuming that that's probably what it, what it happened as well. Cause I tried to figure mm-hmm. that out as well. And I, and that's the only logical conclusion I can come up with is that yeah. in the sessions and all the notes he had, he probably tallied up all the different sins and thing or what he thought was sins that she committed or her family, mm-hmm. definitely her family committed against her and said, yeah, you got 34 demons in your life. But I'm yeah. sorry. And it's very common, at least from my experience among Catholic circles for Catholics to associate any kind of like mental turmoil or mm-hmm. bad things that have happened to you with demonic possession, even though that's not necessarily what's going on. So that's right. something very common that I've seen happen with multiple people. Yeah, that's that. That's very common in the Christian faith. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's either generational curses or demonic forces. That's how right. they usually chalk them up to. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, you're fine. So he, she continued to go to him because he was isolating her to the point like this was the only person she had to really talk to. So yeah. he, she would, with spiritual direction, it's very common for people to go to confession with your spiritual director. Yeah. Just to like keep tabs on what's going on, I guess. So she would go to him for confession and confession is a sacrament in the Catholic Church where people, you'll go confess your sins to a priest and God forgives you for those sins. So yes. she was going to him for that and 
you do it in a confessional, which is this very, very small room. Yeah. And so she was going to him for that. It, over time, was progressively moving in on her. Like, it would start with, she said he would start with, like, putting a hand on her shoulder or just, like, being really close to her. And then as these confessions on, he started to touch her inappropriately. And it progressed to the point of complete sexual assault. And there, this one detail, this is the most disturbing thing I read. He raped her with a crucifix. God, yeah, I read that and I, that is the most disturbing detail of this entire, I could not. It's just fucking sickening. Yeah, Yeah. it was so disgusting. And I can't even imagine what this poor girl, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. So this was happening. Um, and he justified it, telling her that this was his way of purifying these parts of her body because of the abuse she had endured in the past. And she even said sometimes during these assaults, he would make her recite the abuse she had gone through with her dad and these other men in the past. Oh, my God. And he would make her like say it out loud, like say the names. So she was being traumatized and then being forced to relive past trauma yeah i mean just just trauma upon trauma i mean yeah at the hands of someone who you're as a catholic like you would trust this person i was yeah i mean i mean this is just like in any any form of our society we're we're, we're taught to trust our our preachers and priests and pastors and uh and then he's doing and he's doing this the sick shit and then of course she you know her childhood and everything like that just she's always every man every person in in some mm-hmm. type of form of authority or yep. you know uh ahead of her in life and society has hurt her in a very yep. heinous kind of way and i mean it's just good god yeah man. that's what was so hard for me she was in such a vulnerable position to begin with and he totally yeah. used that against her and it just like hurt me that yeah she had to go through that and i Oh, I, I know. literally, I hate I, this I, kind of stuff. I do too. But, I, I I speak so hard against the church because I grew up in yeah. I grew up in Christianity, and so, so and I, yeah. and and I didn't have this experience in Christianity. I, I didn't even know anybody going through these experiences in Christianity at all. Like I, mm-hmm. I I really didn't. I mean, I didn't know any of this type of stuff that happened. I I was when I was young. I was under the assumption that church was a safe place. That it was a right. safe place for for us mm-hmm. as children and us as young adults, yeah. So that we can learn how to grow and become better adults in life, you know, and be yeah. better, just better, just be, just be better people to the yep. world, right? That that's mm-hmm. what the whole idea of church was is, is right. to grow and to learn how to be a better person to mankind. Yep. Um. And no, and- I definitely agree with that, and that's what I've always thought Christianity is supposed to be. But it's really sad to see, like today, most people are not living up to that at all. And it's no. really like deterring for people that like want to be a part of it. I will tell you, a, I will tell you a statistic that I learned recently after we had mm-hmm. our conversation and before this interview. Um, there's a there's a, a statistic that set that states that like right now, currently, I think from the last census we took in 2020, that 64 mm-hmm. percent of Americans claim to be Christian. Right? They claim Christianity. Okay. Yeah, they say that the way the trend's going now in the next 10 years, it will go from 64% to 50%. And wow. there's articles stating about why that is. And, the, and none of it ever mentions the fact of 
the emotional, mental, uh, sexual, mm-hmm. uh, or even physical traumas that that the church that certain people in churches have put individuals from, and why they push away from this. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it from I mean, it, there's so many different forms of, of trauma and, and abuse that happens in Christianity, mm-hmm. and then of course yeah. the the throwaway answer. I think you probably heard this as well, uh, telling the story, and and I've heard this telling other stories similar to this. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the well. They, well, that wasn't a real Christian. That, those are not real. Oh, Christians. I that's hate when Christian. people say that. I've been told so many times, it's the people, not the church, and you can't let like people of like you can't let people involved in the church deter you away from the institution itself. And to a certain point, it's just kind of like, well, if you're going to ignore all the people involved in it, what's the point of being involved in it? If the yeah. people aren't a good representation of it, then like and, what and, is? And the other aspect of it is too is that these institutions help hide these individuals as well. Yeah. I mean, the Catholic Church had a huge. I mean, the last two or three, the two or three decades. Uh, the I mean, when whenever you think of abuse in the Catholic Church, we think of mm-hmm. priests raping you know kids. Yep. Because there, there. I mean, it, it wasn't just an isolated incident. There were thousands upon thousands of these types of stories like this, and yep. not only that, but the but. The, the diocese, archdiocese, the cardinals and everything would move around these 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 priests to different yep. parishes and then not even let the not let the people of the parish know that why they got moved yep. there. Mm-hmm. And so they can continue to to be predators and prey on other people and no yep. justice was ever served. So that's why a lot of people have such a, you know, such a mass migration, a mass exodus of Christianity because yeah, they were hiding no. these people. Yeah, it's awful. And I feel like it's so justified. Yeah, I mean, from my own personal experience, this situation, as many others, has steered me away from Christianity completely. Just because seeing how leaders in the church who are supposed to be like role models for Christians, seeing how they yeah. reacted to these situations, just kind of exposes this hypocrisy to Christianity I had never seen before. And I truly want no part in it at all. Oh, yeah. I'll give you another perspective as well on that. Um, I think a lot of it has because I talk to preachers and pastors I've known in my past as well and just others I don't I don't know too well. What I what I gather from a lot of them, though, is that Christianity is stuck in this perfectionist mindset Uh that all people can be redeemed that all people can have a redemption story and that mm-hmm. uh, of course the, 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 the biggest one is, well, you know, all sin is equal, you know, they every sin is the same. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, I, I look at them dead when, and when they start, when they start on that little, uh, on, on that, on that little diatribe of that, yeah. I tell them flat out, um, no, not all sin is mm-hmm. the same. You know, mm-hmm. uh, if I go steal a candy bar and I go rape a kid, uh, there there yeah, are severe consequences. Uh, yeah, there's a big fucking difference in that shit. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're not talking about going and stealing a, a Kit Kat out of Circle K. Okay, we're we're talking yeah. about people raping people, and not 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 only the act itself, but the scars that that act carries for the rest of that of that victim's life. Yep. And they it, it seems to like fall on deaf ears sometimes, and then some people take understand where I'm coming from, mm-hmm. and then what happens is we don't know the answer. Well, what do we do? What, what is the answer? Well, first off, we, we need to, we need to to speak out and say, there is a problem. Mm -hmm. We need to figure out how it's happening and why it's happening. And then we can find out a solution later on. But no, I, I agree. I think one of the main issues I've noticed, at least in Catholic 
sectors where stuff like this happens, they try to be like quiet about it, try to push yeah. the rug like it didn't happen. And I've noticed that with this case, like a lot of the students at the university right now have no idea that this happened. Right. And it's sad because like this ignorance of them not knowing is just going to keep perpetuating situations like this. And it's yeah. just going to keep happening. Whereas like the university definitely made so many mistakes in the situation, but if they had come up front and admitted to those mistakes and were actually trying to make some like substantial change about this, I would have had so much more respect for them versus yeah. how they're handling it right now. You know, a, a phrase that, that goes, that goes common with a lot of I've heard in Christianity and it's in the Bible as well, too. If you do not, if you do not learn your past, you're you're doomed to repeat it. That's actually that's an right. actual scripture in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Verse that's a verse in the Bible and everything. I was taught on that principle when I was when I went to a Christian school and it was taught history class. Mm-hmm. So I mean, the fact of the matter is, you don't bury these things. You let people know. I mean, right. that's why um, one thing about Germany, right, and World mm-hmm. War II and 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 post not and post Holocaust and Nazi era. Yeah. Um, Germany has taught their, their those generations since then about mm-hmm. the Holocaust and the, and the evils of it and everything like that, so they can prevent it from ever happening again. Right. And that's what needs to be done with the church as well is to teach mm-hmm. people that these things happen, to teach them what grooming is, to teach them what right. you know predatory behaviors are, so that we can stop it. And you know, it it doesn't you know we can stop a sexual assault, you know, yep. and, and uh, rape, and you know, rape by crucifixion, and mm-hmm. got all these other heinous things. But um, before we go too far deep into to our opinions about it, <laughs> let's go ahead and keep going on. Okay. Oh, God, I know it's just ugh. yeah. Well, it doesn't. It gets worse from here. So um, I, I know that's so, that's why I wanted to kind of break it up just a little bit so we can before we yeah. got into the really bad parts about it. Yeah. So these assaults kept happening, um, and he ended up getting her pregnant, and yeah. he well he denied that he got her pregnant. He told her that a demon that he called Father Robert, I don't know where that came from at all. It was just yeah. what I read in the document, had gotten pregnant and he paid for her to have an abortion. Yeah. So very pro-life of him. And yeah. uh, he made her tell all of her friends it was a miscarriage. He wouldn't let her say it was an abortion. And he developed, I believe it was prostate cancer. Yeah. And Maria? Maria? You just cut out on me. Hey, Maria, you just cut out. You just, you just, I don't know if it cut out. I don't know if in the recording, if it's going to cut out or anything like that, but you just cut out on me. You you just, I lost you at when you said he he developed prostate cancer. Oh, yeah. So he, a couple years in, developed prostate cancer. And he blamed the cancer on Jane Doe. And he told her that, like, this demonic presence that she was carrying around was wearing down on him and it gave him cancer. So he blamed her for his cancer. He forced her to have an abortion and he continued to assault her. And these deliverance sessions were still going on. And so. Understandably, she tried multiple times to reach out to other people to like let them know about what was going on. She yeah. went the two of these friars that she went to are still at the university today. Their names are 
the current president of the university, Father Dave Pavanka, and yeah. a friar, his name's Father Sean Robertson. Okay. He went to the two of them separately. So she went to Father Dave, because he wasn't the president at the time, he was just another friar there. And she went yeah. to him, and she was telling, she told him about, I don't know exactly how in-depth she went into, but she was telling him about these deliverance sessions, and I think she opened up a little bit about what was going on with Father Morier. And his response to her, and this is like directly quoted in the court document, is, I will pray for you. And that's all that he did. He didn't attempt to help her at all. He just said he would pray for her. And that made me so angry. Because I don't know yeah. how you can, how someone can come to you and open up to you like that. And you just, I'll pray for you. Like, that means nothing yeah. at all. And then she went to the other friar, Father Sean Robertson, at a different time and tried to get help from him. And she was in the middle of telling him what was going on. And he told her, like, I'll stop you right there. I know that this isn't true. You need to stop gossiping about this priest. And he, so on this campus, there's a friary where all the friars live. So he told her, yeah. he said, when I go back tonight to the friary and I talk to Father Morier about this, I know what he's going to say, implying that everything she said was made up and yeah. completely dismissed her. And the other priest she went to was the current president of the time was Father Mike Scanlon. Yeah, I remember and you talking about him. Yeah, he was at some of these deliverance sessions and she brought some concerns up to him as well. And he told her she needed to practice emotional chastity. So all three of these priests who she came to for help dismissed her completely, told her she was making it up, and victim blamed essentially and said it was on her and she needed to be grow in virtue and be more chaste and did not address the issue whatsoever. So what what's emotional chastity? Because I don't I don't know that oh, concept. Yeah, so uh, Catholics teach that you need to be chaste. So like physical chastity obviously is okay. like, um don't look at people, don't sexualize people, don't yeah. have sex outside of marriage. Emotional chastity is like that, but, like, with your emotions, so you can't, like, lust after people, is essentially okay. what that's. And so, so, I mean, so, like, when they say for her to have emotional chastity, you mean, like, I guess they were uh, accusing her of having lust for Father Moyer? Yes. Or, uh, yeah. Jesus. Yep. Terrible. I can't. Yeah. I, I, I guarantee... I guarantee you, Jesus was probably up in heaven right now, you know, just looking at that situation, probably yeah. going, uh, please don't use me. Yeah, please don't I represent can't. me. Yep. I, yeah. Cause good God, you know, I, I try to, so I try to see the why in, in, in these situations. Right. And I try to see it from their viewpoint mm -hmm. and I, I, I guess a perspective might be because of, of at this point it's in the 20, you know, the, the, the late, 2000s the early 2010s mm -hmm. you know this is still the the the, the cases of, of of child rape in the church and everything are still going on and right. it's kind of you don't hear them you don't hear about them as much now in this day and age like in this time but mm -hmm. around then it was still it was still thought of it was still talked about but not it was kind of winding down from that that media hype right right but, right and so they were trying to control those situations as much as possible they probably already had at least over a decade's worth of training in mm -hmm. order to deal with these things and i guess they obviously were trained to try to just deny 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 
and yep. and to try to shut people up because it did cost the, the Catholic Church a lot of money. Yes. And when you look at the church, you know, besides the faith aspect of it, it is a money making business. Yes. And they don't want to they don't want to be paying out any more lawsuits and 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 uh and, and defamation claims and things of that sort of nature. And so that's probably why they did that, which is still yeah. shitty. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong; it was still a horrible thing they did. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think sorry. a lot of it too. I think these situations are popping up, and i I have a very hard time believing that these priests completely dismissed it. I think a small part of them knew something was going on, and yeah. I think a lot of it was just fear because yeah. they you hear about all these situations happening around you, and then like it's finally happening, like where you're working, where you live, and I just don't think they were like ready to open up to and like realize like this is actually happening. And I really just think they yeah. wanted to just deny it and pretend like this isn't happening to us. Yeah, but just just be yeah, just be in a state of denial over it, yes. right? And just try to yeah. and try to hope it goes away, and hope that it that it's not real and everything like that. But that's the problem. Yeah. That's the whole reason why these abuses happen is because we don't want to believe it can happen in our church it, it, we don't right. want to believe it can happen in our town in our neighborhood in our schools mm-hmm. and everywhere in between and it did and yep. it does yeah and that's what i noticed when i talk to people about this situation that are still affiliated with the school a lot of them a lot of like the older people who knew father morier they would say oh there's no way he could have possibly done that he was such a good guy yeah. like complete denial that he could have ever done this and that was just infuriating to me that i know well, because yeah. most most predators. So when you think of a of, of a rapist or 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 a child molester or or a pedophile or anything like that, you think of you know the 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 uh, I guess the, the stereotype that they're just these gross forty year old right. losers that live in their mom's basements. You don't think of them as people in position of power. You don't think of them as charismatic people, which right. they. Some of them are because they mm-hmm. they they have to have some type of charisma in order to get away with what they're doing. Yep. Um. You know, you 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 think of predators as as these you know evil people with like prison you know uh, prison records yes. and things like that. You don't ever think that they could be law abiding citizens or cops or mayors or politicians or anything of that sort of nature. And that's that that that's what comes into it. And I mean, this is you know this was over you know twelve years ago or twelve fifteen years ago. So. Yep. The mindset since then has changed. I mean, we're, we're starting to become more aware of it and everything. But back mm-hmm. then, yeah, it, it was it was easy to, to, to just dismiss it and be like, no, nah, not that not Father Moyer. No, nah, man, yep. that guy goes and feeds turkeys, you know, gives turkeys to the poor and everything yep. like that. This guy, yep. this guy is helping kids at orphanages and everything. He, mm-hmm. he ain't raping women. What the hell? You, he didn't rape yep. nobody with a crucifix. What the hell are you yep. talking about? And that's yep. bullshit because that's what mm-hmm. happened. Yep. And there's people today that still are of that mindset. And I. Yeah don't have time i can't deal with those people like i, I oh I, I know it it it's it takes it takes patient people it might not be us yeah <laughs> but it will take other patient people to plant those seeds of of, of you know of of logic and right. uh of of understanding that look these things can happen i mean look I, in my own life i had to grow i had to learn Mm-hmm. That these things happen and that these things exist yeah. because when you challenge somebody's faith, when you challenge somebody's beliefs, when you challenge somebody's mm-hmm. ideals, it's a foundation. And when right. somebody comes along and makes cracks in those foundations, you get defensive. Yeah. You get very defensive of that because it's something mm-hmm. that you believe in and you don't and in and in your mind you're going, Well, they don't really know what I know. They haven't experienced what I've experienced. So maybe right. if I tell them what I experienced, 
it can change their minds on it. And instead of actually mm-hmm. learning to see the why in it all, I'm sorry. Yeah. I know I got a little philosophical no, there. I totally agree with what you're saying. Cause I, I used to be exactly like these people and just kind of blinded to it all. And just like you said, like over time, like things would happen or I would talk to people and like chip away at that. So yeah. there is hope for these people. It's just yeah. it's hard to deal with them right now. It is. And, and sometimes you'll never see like the people that plant seeds in me, probably will never see the fruits of their own labor. Right. And, but you get to, right. And other people get to. Mm-hmm. The people That's true. Get to. Mm-hmm. So, and, and then all we can do is just keep planting seeds in others and keep moving forward and, and, and yeah. keep trying to change the world in our own way. So, yeah, and I'm, glad, for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you made that TikTok, by the way, because yeah. this needs to be told. And I'm glad you're putting mm-hmm. yourself out there and, and telling this. Yeah, because it's in situations like this, you just feel so helpless, like you really can't do anything, because there's nothing I could physically or anyone could physically do to ease any of that suffering that she went through. Yeah. But my mindset is, if I can make more people aware of it, then maybe like some change will be brought about by this, and I feel like that's really all you can do in these situations. Yes, exactly. If, if, we, if we come together and talk about it, not only can we fix Christianity, but the world mm-hmm. itself. And right. There are a lot of Christians that I've, or ex-Christians, or whatever you want to call people like myself at, mm-hmm. at this point in my life, and, and like, like yourself too, you know, I, I know you said you, you know, you kind of done with Christianity to an right. extent. Mm-hmm. I think the reason why we're done with it is because of the representation that yes. is, is put out, that the people that are in, in charge of it, and that how they're mishandling it, because when you really take a deep dive, like let's just say in the Gospels, right, it would be mm-hmm. If you really look at the scriptures, if you really look at the stories with Jesus, he was not one to go with the with the people of the church, which were the Pharisees. That's you know, those right. were the church people. That was the church. Those were the church people. Yeah. He did not he did not go along with that crowd. In fact, he was always a, against that crowd and in fact had to put them in their place. I mean, if uh-huh. you go and look at um at I forget uh Mary Magdalene, her story, yeah. right? Uh-huh. They drug her out, they 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 found her in bed with another man who mm-hmm. was married man, and instead of dragging him out, they dragged her out and said, hey, according to the law, this woman must be stoned. She committed adultery. Jesus knew what they were trying to do. He knew that, that it takes two to tango, for one thing, and secondly, yeah. you know, you know, they're trying to trip him up and his message, and that's why he said, hey, you know, he this without sin cast the first stone, and they couldn't say nothing against it because they realized right. they were wrong. Mm-hmm. Some things. And so to if Jesus were to come back in this day and age and to see... Huh his faith has created yeah, yeah. i think he would just I, I i think he would have probably would have never went on that cross in the first place in my honest opinion but i know it's yeah. pretty bold of me to say that i mean mm-hmm. he he tried to break us out of those religious chains just for us yes back into those religious chains mm-hmm. and that's the hard thing about it and that's why a lot of christians don't want to really see that they don't want to understand yeah. that that's what's going on mm-hmm. and the whole culture of love and, and loving under other people has been lost for at, at least for a couple of decades in my life, for sure. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, you, you can see preachers on both sides of, and I don't, I don't like to go on politics, but on both sides of the political, political ideologies, you mm-hmm. can see them and how their politics influence their sermons and how they teach and how they, Right. Tell people, I mean, we got hell. There's so many different mega preachers that you, you can you can point yeah. out to on that, right? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. you got your Joel Austin's, Greg Locks of the world, yeah. and, and all the others in between, uh, the Kenneth Copelands and everything. You can see that that there's 
there is it's like a form of control or it's or it's yes. for the money or you know it's for whatever they, they're trying to do mm-hmm. and yeah they do some good in between but mm-hmm. ultimately you guys take a step back and look what are they really doing and what are they trying to accomplish because it's right it's like god's work right right that's but, why i kind of took a step back from it because you ultimately look at it and i feel like they've lost sight of what the true meaning of christianity is yeah and just gotten so caught up in the way of the world and like you said politics plays a huge role in it now and that's not in my opinion that's not what it was meant to be and it's so sad for me that i feel like i can't take a part of it anymore just because of the way it's changed yeah and i think for what a lot of us have to do is just what I try to do as well, I try, I just try to be kind to other people and I try to right. be understanding and, and open to, to learn from their way of life and mm-hmm. to, to just, cause we all focus on all our differences. But one thing I, I, I don't see a lot of is that we don't try to focus on what makes us the same. Right. And, yeah, that's very and, true. and if we sit down and just talk to each other, have conversations, just like how me and you are, we can find so much in common with, with each other. Sometimes yep. it's the way we, it's the, it's the way we grew up. Sometimes it's the things we like. I mean, it mm-hmm. just, there's so many different ways we can find so much commonality in each other. Yeah. And then we can, and then we can ask those questions that we always want to ask each other. And we learn from that point. And that's where I exactly. have learned a lot. It's just from mm-hmm. asking those questions. Yeah. No, that's so true. And just seeing how a lot of leaders in the church lack that understanding or just lack the desire to want to see other people in that way it just it's to me it shows like it's so hypocritical and that they're not really in it for the right reasons yeah because if they wanted to they would in my opinion I, I i think i can halfway agree with that and the other half of it is so is that i think it's ignorance i i, I don't i don't think it's mm-hmm. i don't think it's willful ignorance i think it's just you know, bliss, blissful ignorance, right? Like they don't, they don't see it because they haven't been presented with that viewpoint either. Mm-hmm. Now, not, not, now true. I'm not talking about Father Moyer and and and, and that bunch over in there, but yeah. I know pastors I've grew up with. I have a, I have a my former youth pastor uh, who I, who I grew up with in Christianity. He doesn't see these viewpoints because he hasn't been presented in some of these situations. I told him about mm-hmm. this conversation that we had and everything and, and another one as well, a personal situation in my life that I've seen. And, you know, when I talked to him about it, he's like, you know, Jeremy, I've never had to deal with anything like this. I, I mean, I wouldn't know where to yeah. start. And some right. of them just don't know what, what to that deal in those true. situations. And mm-hmm. they, they never see it that way. I mean, they hear some gruesome stories. They hear stories like Jane Doe's, you know, growing up with, you know, sexual trauma in their, in their childhood. But I, I mean, personally, myself, I don't, I've never, I've never seen, I've never been to a church, whether it was Catholic or non-denominational Baptist, Pentecostal, mm-hmm. whatever it was I went to, where they had these type of sexual traumas going on from the preachers yeah. or, or, or church leaders of that kind at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, it is new for, for a lot of people, but they happen. Yeah. And, and like I said, we, we, we just got to start speaking up and speaking out and, and talking about it because that's when we can really do a, a if enough of us start realizing and waking up, right. we can change it and we can mm-hmm. see a difference and, and hopefully not have a mass exodus of Christianity, but actually have a revival of it and bring it yeah. back to where it used to be and yeah. not, and not have, you know, 
not have gay, not, not have hatred for the gay community oh or, yeah. or, yeah, you know, I mean, and really when, when I say hatred for the gay community, a lot of people think that what they say is not even hatred, right? I mean, yeah, they don't have, understand at all. Yeah. I have, I have a friend of mine who, when he, he went through a bad wreck, his aunt, uh, you know, he lost like his ear in, in his wreck. And oh it was God. like, it, yeah, it was like flown like a hundred feet away from him. They reattached it to his body. Thank God. Wow. But um, yeah, well, what happened was he's in the hospital bed. His aunt, who's a devout Christian comes up to him and go, and cause he's gay uh-huh. said, Oh, thank God that you're still alive, you know, because God's giving you a second chance. So you don't go burn oh hell for, for, be, for, for, for being gay and everything. Yeah. Oh. For all of eternity. Yeah. You know That's how fucked up awful. that sounds? Yeah, you don't tell that to your to your gay you nephew. You can't focus on that your nephew almost died. You're going to focus yeah. on no. Gay and that he's going to burn in hell for all of eternity. Oh my God. And Christians still hold on to that to that mindset, right? And yep. I, I, I present, and then when I talked to him, I said, well, you, because I, I I know those, I know those verses. I, I, I've read that chapter and I had to reread it and also have other and hear other people's studies and opinions on it as well. Mm-hmm. One of them that really stuck out to me was that it's odd how that in that particular verse, it talks about homosexuality, you know, lying, a man lying with a man right. lies with a woman is an abomination. But if you read the other verses, uh, you know, uh, before it and everything like that, it talks about mm-hmm. family. Yep. Sex. It talks about you know yep. you know fathers having sex with your daughters, you know sons yep. having sex with mothers. It's all about familial incest. Exactly. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, it's about two dudes having sex with each other. Is it an yep. abomination? What mm-hmm. happened was was they they took that verse and they and they changed it. I, I know this has nothing to do with our case that we're talking about, but they mm-hmm. uh they took that verse and it was meant it was meant for pedophilic you know yes. uh you know sex and everything like that. Would a man have mm-hmm. a sex with a and yep. just like they did in the 30s with all different like different other things that the church changed up and everything um you know they changed that they i think it was in either 1932 they changed that definition yeah. they, they went from pedophilia to, to homosexuality yeah they it, did it to fit their narrative and it yeah people don't i didn't learn about that till recently like this year like i had no idea and there's so many other people that just don't yeah. know and, and and these are people who, you know, Christians tell them go read your Bible. Okay, well they right. read the Bible and they went and exactly. studied the Bible and they studied the other studies that people have made about the Bible. And then yep. now they don't like it because I, then I, then you see articles from 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 Christian based uh, or organizations that are saying no, that's you know, like there's a thing in Christianity called apologetics, mm-hmm. and it's, uh, it's 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 taught at like theological schools and things like that and theological colleges where you're basically every kind of scenario that is ever asked about like in in opposition to god mm-hmm. uh they have they try to find an answer for it they try to fit an answer for it or they try to right. or they try to have their own case studies and have and they say well in this study it says you know it said this and this is what it really means and you mm-hmm. gotta know the context of the situation and everything like that and i ask some hard philosophical questions too on those on those issues as well and i've had some good answers from from uh, a young man who who died years ago from uh, lung cancer the ironic part was he never smoked a day in his life and he had some very good hello okay. yeah sorry about that it just oh. it just shut off for a reason Okay, so, I didn't know what happened. No, I don't know either. It it just it just shut off. I guess it was just trying to struggle with the data and everything. I don't okay. know. Um, but yeah, um, so to 
I'm, I'm, I might, I might go back and cut all that out. You know, so, some of that, That's some of that fun. stuff out, so it'll make actually some sense and some semblance <laughs> in our interview. Yeah. Uh, great, good old technical difficulties, right? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, there was so much to that, to that, to that story in that case. Mm-hmm. I mean, just good God. Uh, and Jane Doe, where, I, and I know we want to keep her, you know, identity a secret and everything, like, or anonymous and everything. But if you know her personally, or if you know anything, if you know her at all, just just reach out to her for me and just tell her that mm-hmm. I, I got nothing but love for her and that I can't believe that that happened to her in her life and that I just mm-hmm. my heart goes out to her, you know. Like if I could yeah. just hug her and look up all her pain, I would. Mm-hmm. And that's a that's a common thing. That's a common feeling I have for a lot of the the, the people I interview on this mm-hmm. podcast because it's just I don't know why I feel that way. I just it's just. I don't think anybody deserves to to go through what they went through, right? Uh, right. I mean, like a lot, like a lot of this. It, no, but nobody deserves to be to be raped. They don't deserve to be, you know, assaulted in that type of mm-hmm. way because it's, you know, rape itself is not just a sexual act. It's it's a domination thing. It's a power thing. Right. And you're taking away somebody's essence and their soul from them, and who mm-hmm. they are, right? Yep. Like their innocence, and it's just, oh, and everybody that she went to. Yep. Just either didn't. And just that didn't. she was so she was in such a vulnerable position, and she like she had no one to stand up for her, and that's what killed yeah. her. Like there, she had no one, and I hate that. And it, it, I will say, it does show the strength of her character, though, Absolutely. as far as to fight to to keep waking up every day and going through that, and to keep waking up because I I, I really think lesser people would have you know committed suicide over that. Yeah, um, I know that. Um, she did make an attempt, but thank God it was unsuccessful. And yeah. for her to just take it to court, bring awareness to it, uh, that strength is unbelievable. I don't think me personally, like, I don't think I would be strong enough to do everything that she's done. And I yeah. really just admire her for her courage to be able to do that. Yeah, and, and look when I when I say lesser people and everything like that, I, I refer to myself. I don't because mm-hmm. I because I don't want to I don't want to devalue anybody's you know suicide attempts or or or, right. or depression and everything like that because I understand. I of all people, I do understand what that's like. I understand what it's mm-hmm. like to have those thoughts. I understand what it's like to go through those things, to go through those feelings and, and everything right. like that. I mean, something that traumatic can break anybody. I don't care who you are. You can be the exactly. most. You be the most Billy Jack badass motherfucker on this planet. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you go through years and years, I mean, probably decades of rape, you know, and abuse and everything like that. I mean, it, it, it takes its toll on a person. It does. Yeah. Uh, I can't um, even imagine. I just, do you know what she's, I mean, is she, how's she living her life today? Do you know anything about her? I, as far as- I don't even know who she is, to be honest. I know that she did end up taking Father Moria to court and in March of this year they he well he originally pleaded not guilty to everything. Yeah. And then in March of this year he pled guilty to everything. They made some kind of settlement. The details aren't released because they have a uh it's called confidentiality clause yeah. where yeah. the university is not allowed to make a statement about it and she is not allowed to come out publicly and make a statement and they settled for right. some amount of money. But well, I hope, 
I hope she took them for every freaking dime that 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 she can maximum, you know, the maximum yeah. amount she could take out of them. I and know. she's and I hope she's living in a very peaceful place where she can yes. heal and recover, and she can just, you know, and, and hopefully get. You never can get past this trauma, but you know, heal to where she can have a happier life and right. build a build a better life, and this be just a you know this be a an experience that she. I hope that she can fight for other people from what she went through. Mm-hmm. And even if she doesn't want to, I mean, she doesn't need to or, or should yes. have to, but I, I just hope that, she, that she's just in peace wherever mm-hmm. she's at. That's, well, that's my biggest concern. It's interesting that I, not that I'm involved in this whatsoever, but I found yeah. from like just by posting the TikTok or being involved in this Facebook group, people have come to me personally and like opened up about stuff that they've experienced at this university as well be like different friars or students at the school so this is a major problem and I think her she kind of like started to pave the way for other people to bring forward situations that they've gone through like this and I'm hoping in the next years couple years that some real change can come from it because there's definitely a problem and I'm glad that people are coming to you for help as well and everything because that's you know and whether or not whether or not God is real in this world and everything like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the universe puts people in our past to help them. Yeah. And you know, the fact that you, you now have the ability, even if you don't think you do, mm-hmm. you know, you can help somebody by, I mean, hell, I help people just by letting them share their stories on here and, yeah. and talking to them privately too. There's some, some stories I've never even talked about on my podcast because it's just people have called me and talked to me personally about them. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, it's it helps them. It helps mm-hmm. them heal. It helps them, you know, know that there are people there. There's actually people out there that have no connection to them, that have no there, there's nothing to gain from it. Right. There's no right. There, there's there's nothing to, to get out of it except the fact that somebody actually cares. Mm-hmm. And I, I think if we have more of people like like us that do that, I mean, the world can heal a lot better. And yeah, I agree I, with that. And I'm, I'm very proud of you and I'm very <laughs> thankful that you, that you, that you put, you know, you put that story out there uh-huh. and that it, that I'm thankful that it, it came across, you know, my, you know, my eyes and everything like that, because uh-huh. it, it's just, God, it's it just, there's so much pain in this world and yep. the only way we can help heal it is through the, you know, not only love, but through kind acts as well and then helping people mm-hmm. and just being there for them and being their, their, their sense of strength and protection and, and love for them. And that's what mm-hmm. I want to do. And I'm glad that that's something that you're doing as well. And, and, you know, nothing but and love for you. On for that. What you're doing to like giving me the opportunity to talk about this. And I look yeah. at your podcast and like all the other people that you've given a platform to speak out about this stuff. Like, that's really great. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm trying, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, I'm no Joe Rogan or anything like that, but <laughs> you know, I, I'm just a just a a man who is just tired of seeing these babies being hurt all the time, and yeah, uh, it, and it grew from that. If you know, when I when I tell you know, originally I've said this a couple of times on my podcast. Originally, when this started, when I wanted to do this podcast, I was just so sick and tired of of seeing these cases. I, I it was just going to be me just ranting and raving and, and bitching about uh, uh, pedophiles all the time. And a friend of mine had to, you know, pull me aside and talk to me and said, you know, you have a really good opportunity mm-hmm. to to help survivors and listen to their stories and, and share it and help give them a voice. And 
it, right. that, that changed, you know, that, somebody planted a seed and it changed me. Right. And mm-hmm. as I researched more and more, I found out so many different forms of abuse in this world that I never knew about until I started right. doing this podcast. I mean, it's Maria, it's just, it's a world of pain, but yeah. And, and look, it's overwhelming. It is overwhelming. And, and you pay a cost that you never would, you, you never know the price of until it hits you. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the good side of it, the upside to it all is that you get to help somebody and you get to help heal somebody or, or at least mm-hmm. be part of their healing journey. Right. And that's, and that's why I do this. That's why I mm-hmm. fight so hard. If I can save one child, if I can save one person, if I can help somebody, then this is all worth it. All the, mm-hmm. the you know, all the nightmares I get from, from that, you know, that, that I get from it, this, the dreamless nights I get, the anxiety, the depression that you do get from this. And look, I do right. take my mental, I do take my mental health days. I don't want nobody to be yeah. scared about me or anything like that. I, you got to, you got to push <laughs> you away from to, it sometimes. Yes. Yes. You got to push away. You got to go in and, and find what, what makes you happy in life as well. And, you know, thankfully I have those things too. I have like my mm-hmm. wife, I have my dogs, I have, you know, some of my hobbies and whatnot and, and, right. I, and I can relax and, and, and everything like that. And then, you know, when I'm ready, I go right back into it. And usually it just takes a day or so, sometimes a couple of days, sometimes I force myself to take a couple of days. And I, I tell anybody that wants to do this type of work that wants to help somebody first off, like I was told, there is no money to be made off the trauma of, of people. So if, right. if anybody goes into like podcasting to do this, people will not advertise their businesses with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I knew, I knew that starting. And that's why you don't hear no, that's why you don't hear any uh, advertisers or, or commercials in my podcast, because the only one I have is the one that Spotify let me, you know, do a cheesy, you know, script read, you know, host read ad, right. That's, that's yeah. you'll hear at the beginning of all my podcast episodes. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's all you got. That's all I do. So, um, <laughs> you know, I, I know that and I'm, I'm okay with that. Cause I have mm-hmm. a career, I have a business, you know, I, I I'm okay. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't need to make money off of this. It, it's, it, it's, it's something different, right? Like a, right. Like a flame, like, 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 like a flame that, or a spark that just went, that created a flame in my heart on this. And mm-hmm. I got tired of sitting on the sidelines. Right. You know, and you, you apparently did as well. And yeah. you, you know, I mean, he was just like, you know, this shit's wrong. Right. It, just, be- it reaches a point where I feel like when you're, if you're silent and you see these things going on around you and there is something you can do about it, I don't understand how you cannot act on that. Because I feel yeah. like to a certain extent, not to bash anyone that doesn't do anything about this, but I feel like to a certain extent, being silent about it is being complicit and just yes. not, like not doing anything about it is just, it's just going to keep happening. Yeah, if if we don't talk about it, the abuse will still continue. Mm-hmm. So these subjects, they are uncomfortable. I mean, they 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 make me cr- they make me they make my skin crawl. They make me cringe. Yeah. They they hurt me because mm-hmm. it's like it's pain. I mean, it, it it's somebody else's pain and trauma, but it's still pain nonetheless. And and anybody with a, with a soul and a heart is going to be hurt by these stories. But you got to know what's going on so you can look. And, and identify the problems later on. Cause you, you know, if somebody might hear my podcast and understand how these kids were hurt or, or how the, how these women or children or men or, or how, whoever I, I interview, how they were hurt, mm-hmm. they can see the signs. And later on, they might be able to stop somebody else from having a story later on in life. They might have a, right. you know, somebody might grow up to have a different story, right? They might have to say, you mm-hmm. know, I was in a bad situation, but somebody stepped in and somebody helped me. And yep. that's, that's what I want to, I want to inspire that in people because mm-hmm. 
it, it's needed, you know. Yes, and very much, yeah. But I mean, yeah, the, the Father Moyer. Did, so, did how much did did he get any jail time? Did did they give him? No, actually, he got five years of probation. So you gotta be fucking kidding me. No, he. Oh nope. Horse shit on this yep. fucking justice system. Yep, I could not believe that. I, oh. I mean, if if you could just see my face right now, I'd have this this slack jawed fucking gaze, like and yep. just utter disbelief. They gave I'm, him. I'm pissed off. It was terrible. I five years it's of probation. Insulting. It's insulting. Yeah, it's... I mean, it's it's that's not justice. No, that is not no fucking justice. I I don't care how much money they gave her. I mean, she's going to have to carry those nightmares for the rest of her life. Yep. You know, I mean, I mean, five years. And I, to my, I don't know if the church has taken any action against him. Like, I'm not sure. I don't think they can take away his, like, title as a priest. Yeah. But to like, my like, knowledge, like, they haven't, like, publicly condemned him or anything like that. No excommunication, none of that type no. of shit. Nope. That is some fucking bullshit. That is horse yep. shit. Uh-huh. Jesus. Yeah, well, I guarantee you, he'll, he might not get no punishment. He might not get a real punishment on earth, but, uh, it, you know, if there is a God and there is a heaven and a hell, then he'll definitely have to go face, you know, St. Peter and, uh, and Jesus at the gates yeah. and have to explain why the fuck he did what he did and why yeah. he thought that why he thought that him getting prostate cancer was another what was another uh his one of his victims faults yep. why he why he used a symbol of, of jesus's you know ultimate gift to mankind the crucifix to to rape yep. somebody with it why yep. he why it, you know his whole you know the whole church is pro i mean the the catholic church is pro-life and, supposed to be pro-life. Yeah, supposed to be pro-life. And they allowed him, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, like just even on that stance alone, just just yep. the fact that he paid for somebody to get an abortion, right? Even if he didn't yep. rape her or had sex with her, the fact he yep. paid for it. I mean, there's gotta be stories where 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 nuns might have might have done that or or other priests or friars might have oh, done that as sure. well, where, where they got excommunicated, but not him, not Father yep. Moyer. No. Fuck him. Yeah, I was shocked. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I mean, it just—it's so much to it, and yeah, he just—he I mean, just added on to somebody else's pain in life and so much trauma. And good, I'm—I know it's. And oh, it just I'm, makes me wonder how many other students were there that stuff like this yeah. happened to that haven't come forward. I mean, yeah, because when you hear the story and 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 everything, you know, somebody else is probably because here's the thing I've seen too when it comes to either you know coming forward with these stories or going to even to the police and everything like that I, mm-hmm. I've seen a lot in my own community in my own community especially which is odd because I live in a very safe community mm-hmm. um you know they feel like I've, I've had situations where people said I'm not even gonna call the cops they ain't gonna do shit to this person right. they, ain't, they ain't gonna do nothing they're just gonna slap them on the wrist and let them go and everything mm-hmm. and I, I mean you know I had a no, that's another podcast episode <laughs> but uh yeah but uh i mean yeah i mean some people just feel defeated because they can't go to nobody they don't know who to go right. to mm-hmm. they don't know who and, and i gotta say the 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 best thing that has ever came out of the internet is social media because yes we now can tell our stories we can connect with other people around the world who 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 feel the way we do or don't feel the way we do and we can understand their point of view as well and learn from mm-hmm. them and I just hope that 
this story can reach out to a lot of people and, and, you know, if, if not now, then hopefully one day as well, when this, you know, when this podcast blows up and, and becomes, <laughs> hopefully becomes something bigger than what it is now, which I uh-huh. see it grow, mm-hmm. but I mean, my God, man, it, it's just, I hope that other people can come forward with their stories, whether it's, uh-huh. it doesn't have to be me. It can be just anybody, you know, I, right. I you know, and, and I just hope that, you know, we, by us telling Jane, you know, by you telling Jane Zoe's story and everything like that, we can give, we can at least give her, her story out there into the world and yep. let them know that there's evil. I mean, that, that there's people that, that we're supposed to trust that are not worthy of that trust. Yep. I, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just so, no, I part of me is just so mad. I, I'm stuttering and, and trying to find the right words without going into this profanity riddled, you know, uh, a speech yeah. on it i'm, I'm not mm-hmm. going to because it's just oh there's like God. there's no right way to talk like there's no no right words to say about this kind of stuff at, at all i mean it's it, i'm pretty sure anybody that's listening to it would be like what the fuck you know uh yeah but, i mean and, and so not only did, oh god i i don't know five years like i'm still stuck on that part the five yeah. years of just probation so he got to live his life like nothing fucking happened for yeah, five years. You know. Like right now, he's on probation. Yeah, is he still there? No, he's not at the university anymore. Okay, well, I don't thank know. God for something. Yeah, I don't know what happened with that exactly, but I know he he had. I went. I started going to school there in 2018, and I, he was yeah. not there when I was there. Okay. So I don't know what happened there, but. Yeah. Uh, well, you know. Hopefully he uh he has an itch he can never scratch, you know he has a yeah. you know he has a lot of lot of sleepless nights, mm-hmm. um you know and hopefully that he might you know ask for a more harsher sentence maybe and and, and find repentance uh, find a, some type of repentance in some kind of way because yeah. uh, five years probation and my you know of course to a lot of people that's not that's that's nowhere near enough maybe to them no. they think it's enough but. No, and I, I and I know why he's so glad. He he's probably glad he didn't go to jail because I mean he'd go to prison for that. Uh, you know, so I know that there are convicts out there that would that would fucking kill him for that. Oh, absolutely, yeah, I know. At the same time, though, too, I, I I do listen to convict stories as well, and I, I there's convicts on TikTok I listen to, and then you know here's the here's the messed up part about our justice system as well. If you go and try to just even beat up a pedophile in there you can get 15 years added to your sentence oh my gosh i didn't know yeah yeah i didn't know that either yeah i mean i I don't know if that's every state or whatever i I might have been in the the specific state that this that i heard from this convict Mm -hmm. but yeah that's why everybody's on this preconceived notion that when a pedophile goes to prison that they're gonna get you know raped and killed and everything like that no because what happens is they go to the guards and snitch and everything like that you know and you get under investigation and they find out that you're guilty of it well that's another 15 year charge added to you yeah that's uh, um, yeah like, wow yeah so you know the fact that you might have a pedophile that's only serving a year six months two five you know two to five years or whatever in prison for that right uh you can get you can get you know almost you know triple whatever the maximum sentence they usually get um and it's yeah that doesn't pissed add up off. at all like no it's it, not just whatsoever the more I research, the more I look into the, in these cases and sentencings and things like that, it, it just, oh, God, Maria, it just pisses me off to no mm-hmm. end. 
because there is no real justice for for no for for for, for the survivors and the victims of these heinous crimes. Sorry about yeah. all the sirens in the background. It's okay. It's all good. <laughs> they're, they're not coming to get me. I promise you. <laughs> not not J Dog. Not today. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the fire trucks. I, they're probably gonna go save somebody's life. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no. Uh, God, that just, ugh, just, ugh. Mm-hmm. I need a drink after this one for sure. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, man, Maria. So, uh, so what are you? So what are you doing in your life currently? Uh, currently I'm working as a nurse on a heart lung transplant unit. Okay. So yeah, I do that. I'm, I played volleyball in college right now. I'm coaching for a club team. Okay. So That's that's good. I mean, yeah, that's, Hey, look, you know, my, uh, like I I remember telling you one of my sisters is, is going to, going to college to be a nurse as well. Right. Uh, very noble profession. Um, it's a very selfless profession as well. I mean, you, you put a lot into your patients and everything. And, uh, I, I forgot that you were heart and heart and lung transplant uh, and everything Mm -hmm. like that. Uh, very, you know, you're saving lives. So I appreciate that. And I appreciate (laughs) what you're doing. Uh, There's a big shortage of nurses in this country and I'm glad that you're, that you're there. Mm-hmm. that you're doing that um means a lot and mm-hmm. it, i know one day i'll need a i'll need a good nurse and hopefully she has a heart you know he she or he i'm sorry she <laughs> or he right you know because it's it's not just a woman's profession uh, <laughs> yeah. you know um that they have a good heart like yours as well oh you know? thanks that means a lot oh yeah well you know you 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 definitely didn't have to put yourself out there you didn't have to go and and, and share that story but you did because you know it it, it it bothered you and it was uh-huh. on your heart to share it. And I'm glad you did. I'm glad that it, you know, sometimes I believe in, that there is divine intervention and that people uh-huh. cross paths in life for reasons and everything like that. And for sometimes the most unlikeliest of reasons, and I'm glad I crossed paths with you. Uh-huh. You know, I, I'm, I'm glad that I was able to see that TikTok that, that, that day and, and, and reach out to you and that you reach back, you know, uh-huh. it, it means a lot and it means a lot to Jane Doe as well, I believe. And so, uh-huh. That's yeah, I hope I hope so. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm I get sappy too sometimes. So no, sorry. <laughs> but um yeah, I mean, I think this is I think we can end it off on a good note like this. Okay. Uh is there anything that you want to share or say before we before we close out and uh I can't think of anything. Okay. I think so. Well, I uh I wanna say thank you for telling Jane Doe's story, for mm-hmm. sharing your thoughts about the church and everything that goes on and mm-hmm. uh, specifically over there at Franciscan university. And I hope that more people come out and come forward if they have any mm-hmm. stories and not, not just to me, but to anybody. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that's it. I, mm-hmm. I just, uh, I just wish you a lot of success in your life and mm-hmm. stay in touch with me. You know, I tell mm-hmm. everybody, I tell everybody the same thing. Look, I'm a, let's stay in touch. Let's you mm-hmm. know call each other. Let's, you know, even if it's just once a month or, you know, and everything like that, just, Check mm-hmm. on each other, you know. If you don't hear from me, call mm-hmm. call me. If I don't hear from you, I'm calling you. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, thank you for everything you do too, and for having this podcast and bringing awareness to all this stuff. Like that's that's really cool that you're able to do that. I, I know I'm very grateful to be able to to finally figure out, you know, to do something positive with my life right. that you know, and and redirect some of this anger and, and into something that that's actually helping people, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. That, I think that's what it's about. It's because it's, it really is about the victims. You know, it's really about yes. the, the survivors and it's yep. about helping them out. So mm-hmm. for sure. Well, I know I've talked to your ear off enough. And 
I want to say good night and you have a very uh, pleasant rest of your weekend mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to stay in touch. Okay. Yep. Same to you. All right. Thank you, Maria. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. So that was my interview with Maria. Yeah. Um, wow. I just, I'm a loss for words at the depths of how many people in power ignored Maria, ignored Jane Doe. I was about to say Maria, ignored Jane Doe and how traumatizing her life was. Now, I did say something in the podcast in the, in the interview that I want to clarify with y'all right now. I know I said that lesser people would have committed suicide going through that. By lesser people, I mean myself. When I hear when I hear Jane Doe's story, I would I would think of myself like how would I survive something like that if I was a woman who had that type of trauma going through that in my life? And I don't think I would be able to live with my own self going through that if that's because you got to think now you got to imagine Jane Doe went through that her whole life. This happened in between 2008 and 2012 when she was out of her family's house and in her college years. So you got to you got to also understand though too is that she had previous trauma as well with her with her father I believe and other family members sexually abusing her at this point in Maria at this point in, I'll say Maria's this point in Jane Doe's life she that's all she ever knew so I don't want to invalidate anybody that has tried to commit suicide because Jane Doe tried to commit suicide as well thankfully it was you know an unsuccessful attempt and I say that because no one deserves to take themselves out of this world because of what somebody else did to them, especially something that heinous. Um, I I can't imagine having to live with those feelings and that abuse and that trauma every single day for years upon years. And she's probably still healing from that. I hope that with the money she got from the settlement, that she truly does find a place of peace in this world and that she's able to heal and that she doesn't have to worry about anything for the rest of her life. I really, truly hope that that's the case. And that she can actually be able to build a life and have a family and have some kind of, you know, semblance of a normal life moving forward. If she decides to become an advocate, that's great. If not, that's great still, too. And it's not understandable. It's 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 great. Whether or not, whatever she does, as long as she does something positive with her life, that's my biggest hope for her. So I wanted to just interject that and add that into into the end of this episode that, you know, I don't want to invalidate anybody's depression, anybody's thoughts that they got that they go through, because we all go through some form of depression at one point in our life or another. Some is more severe than others. I know I've gone through a severe part of it as well, and I know how it can be. I know how it can feel like the weight of the world is just on your shoulders, crushing your soul, and you know, life has lost all its salt. You know, it, it's just, it's a bland life you live. And you just, you have those thoughts, you have those feelings. So when I say somebody lesser, I do refer to myself. And I just wanted to make that clear. I know I did a little bit in the episode, but in the interview, but I just wanted to make that more abundantly clear now since the interview's over with. 
I want to also give a few announcements as well. We have been running on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. But if you know anybody that's on Apple and Google, they're not going to be able to hear this interview. So please encourage your friends who listen to the podcast to go on the Spotify because unfortunately with these type of interviews that I do, unless they're a local interview that I can sit down and actually record with person to person, face to face, there's no way to put it on Apple or Google Podcasts because of the way Spotify has their uh, rules of distribution. It just is what it is. I, you know, I encourage anybody to go leave a review on Spotify, on Google, on Apple. It does help. Whether it's good or bad, it helps It helps out the podcast either way. And don't be scared to reach out to me. You can find me on a Man Apart Podcast Facebook group. You can also find me on a Man Apart Podcast on TikTok. I'm very reachable. I, I will talk to you. If you have a story, if you want to share your story on here, it's no problem whatsoever with me. I welcome all peoples from all backgrounds and all ways of life as well. You know, there's some things, there's some rules that we might have to go over as far as, you know, if you're still having a court case, I don't want to ruin your, you know, I don't want to ruin the court case at all by doing an interview. If you just want to share just the actual, the events of the story and not the specific names of the people, that's fine too. If you want to have your identity protected, by all means, we can call you whatever you'd want to be called, as long as it's within good taste, obviously. Um... Yeah, and I'm willing to to have you share your story. I'm not at all, you know, scared to share different opinions, different ways of life on here. Uh, I know a lot of people. I've had a mix, a mixture of people that were either in the church or not in the church. And like I said, you know, I don't have anything against Christianity. I grew up in that culture. I grew up in that way of life, and the Christianity I experienced is not the same that other people have experienced as well. So that's why I'm so hard on it. That's why I'm so hard on on my on a way of life that I grew up in. It's not because I hate God or have an axe to grind against you know God at all. In fact, I just feel like I've seen what I've seen and the the stories I've heard is that so many Christians have turned their backs on these survivors, and it breaks my heart to hear those stories like that. It breaks my heart to hear that these people went to you know, a church or a preacher or a pastor or, or a priest, and they're supposed to be these these pillars of strength in our community to have them, to just have them discredit and, uh, you know, invalidate their experiences and just brush them off. That, to me, is heartbroken. It's just heart, it's heartbreaking because I've read the Bible as well. I've studied the Bible. At one point in my life, I wanted to be a preacher, um, you know, things fell off, right? And I become disingenuous, you know, di just disenchanted with the church in a sense because I've seen the hypocrisy of it so much. And I know everybody wants to say, well, that's not my church. That's not my church. That's not your experience. But I've seen a lot of ex-Christians, ex-evangelicals, ex-just whatever you want to call them, leave the church and walk away because of their experiences and because they've seen the injustices done to others as well. And that's it. You know, I, I still I still have faith and I still have hope 
that Christianity can can come back and go back to the roots of what it originally was supposed to be, which is about loving people and helping people and helping people heal and protecting people. There's stories I got coming out and they're going to be bad. But there's stories from other other ways of life as well that I'm going to be covering too. So, look, just bear with me. Just know that I'm not here to attack anybody's faith or religion or way of life at all. It's just, it hurts me to see that it happened in a faith that I grew up in. Like it should. And hopefully it can inspire a lot of us to do better. And to be better. And to maybe learn a perspective that you didn't learn, right? Some of y'all didn't grow up in the church. So you may, y'all don't know some of these things. It's good to know these perspectives as well. And that's it. It's all love. And this is a labor of love. And I, I, I gladly would help anybody that I can. You know, if I could soak up Jane Doe's pain so she wouldn't have to have those scars in her life, I would gladly do so. Like so many of y'all. With that being said, I just want to say that I love y'all. Y'all be safe. Remember, go leave a review. Go like it. Go share. Go go post it on your social media. You know, or share share a link with a friend that you know likes podcasts and everything. I guarantee you, you have truck drivers in your life who like to listen to music, who like to listen to you know radio and everything like that. Put them on this. Let them see if they like it or not. And they ain't got to be a diehard fan. Just let them, just tell them, hey, listen to an episode or two. See what you think. And for all y'all that have been faithfully listening, much love to you. I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. It means a lot to me. And it means a lot when y'all come out, when you, when you reach reach out to me and tell me that, hey, I've been listening and I like what you're doing and I support you. It means a lot. Y'all just don't know. And for the rest of y'all out there, if this is your first episode listening, I recommend that you go back and listen to the previous episodes as well. And that's it, y'all. That's all I got to say for today. I love you. You be safe. Protect all children if they're not your own. Peace. Bye.